What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This is the Waste Management Phoenix Open podcast 2019 from TPC Scottsdale. Myself and Pat, it's a great show tonight. You are going to love this one. We're going to get rather presidential for the chunk and run. You're going to learn something about a former U.S. president that I bet you have never, ever heard before. We're also going to talk about weird body parts uh, in the chunk and run as well. Obviously, we're going to talk about who to pick, who to fade. There's a lot of disagreement on this one tonight. Pat's picks are frankly just terrible, although he's on a little bit of a heater on DraftKings the last couple weeks. Everybody watch out. Pat's playing well. He even gives me a little pep talk because I, I haven't been doing so well lately. So I get a pep talk from Pat. We're going to recap the Farmers Insurance, Justin Rose, Bryson and his air density, Brooks's butt cheeks, TJ After Dark, all kind of good stuff in this episode. Thanks for downloading. It is brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag. They have over 300 Super Bowl prop bets for this coming Sunday, the Rams and the Patriots. 300 prop bets, including will Andre 3000 appear on stage with Big Boy during halftime? Will Tony Romo predict a play? It's going to be fantastic. Download or, excuse me, go to mybookie.ag. Sign up using promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, all lowercase, for a 50% deposit bonus. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the Super Bowl and enjoy this podcast. May your screens be green. What's up, golf addicts? DB here. I got my boy Pat Perry. It is the Wasted Management Open TPC Scottsdale edition. Coming off the Farmers Insurance Open, back at you for another lovely podcast. We got a great show planned tonight. Fantastic show planned tonight. Pat, how you doing, buddy? You had a good week last week. I did. I did. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a great show. Love this tournament, the the wasted management open, as you say. I, I, I have heard that before, but I haven't heard it in a while. And uh, looking forward to it. You know, you got Super Bowl week. It's just, this is just... This is one of the better weeks of the year, I think, when, when it comes to golf, football, whatever else. Looking forward to it. It is a great sports week. Great sports Sunday when you got the waste management wrapping up and then Super Bowl. It's always a good time. Um, well, this past week we had Justin Rose uh, put on a clinic with his new Hanma irons and his uh, just boring old number one in the world self. Star-studded field at the Farmers Insurance Open. A lot of big names up top. Um, and and Pat, you you had a good week. You had a really nice week. You're on a little bit of a run. I am. I am. I. I uh, you know, it's been it's been a long time coming. I think, but it's it's been nice to have some some really green screens lately. And uh, you know, I think I like the process this year that I'm that I'm going through. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, as you know, it can end just like that. But uh, very, yeah, very happy yeah. with how the how the year started. Uh, I'm trusting my gut a little more this year. I, th- I think I've gotten mm-hmm. away from that lately. So I'm, I'm going. I'm trusting my gut, as evidenced by I played a, a decent amount of some Jason Kokrak last week, who I just kind of had a gut feeling about, and it, it paid off. Pat, DB is slumping a little bit. Like I'm. I'm hurting a little bit, okay? I haven't had the best DraftKings run the last two weeks. The Desert Classic and the Farmer's Insurance were not kind to me. Do you have any, you got anything you could, like, help me get over that slump with? Hmm. Well, first off, I want to tell you this. 
I don't want you to think that it has anything to do with your New Year's resolution, which is to be nice to Pat. I don't think that has anything to do with it. So I don't think just by turning that around, like starting to be mean again, I don't think that's going to help you at all. So I want to get okay, that. So I, want, I, can, I want you to go okay. ahead and get that out of your head because I have a feeling you were kind of thinking that that was something that you were, you know, probably you think you might need to go back to your old ways, but I, I wouldn't do that. Um, I really think you just need to get back to the basics. You know, think back mm. to when we started this so, so many years ago. Uh, you know, just, just the water cooler talk about players we liked. You know, the the old, maybe just go back to some course history in recent form and, and pull the stats the way you used to. You know, maybe, maybe uh, use Fantasy National, but maybe dive deeper into that greens and regulation stat or something like that, you know. <laughs> Something – no, you know what you need? You know what you need to do? Here's what I really think you need to do. Go back to the apex height. This is probably a, a great week. This is a great week for apex height, I think. Um, oh, man. You got it. You got – I mean, these greens are – they're fairly easy to hit, but, you know, you got to hit them in the right spots. And, you know, maybe it matters, uh, you know, where they're apexing at. So yeah. I think you should you should put that one in your formula. I don't think it's on Fantasy National, but but you can find it. Yeah, I know you're smart. You're a smart kid. Um, so just just going back to the the basics, I think is going to be key for you. And um, yeah, you just you can you just hey listen, you can skin. do this, David. You can do this. You're you, you know you're a confident guy. You know, you yeah. you 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 have a good head on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, I mean, your Gosh ego. Darn it, I do. Your ego's not too high, at yeah, all. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm very humble. Yeah, very humble. So you know, you can do this, David. I, I'm. I feel. I feel like this is going to be a good week for you. Take Man. it baby steps to baby steps, one day at feel, a time. I do feel better. I I, I feel like. You gave me some chicken skin with the apex height height stat. That that was a stat that I used to dive into in 2016, doing the podcast, uh, looking at some, looking at how high guys hit the ball, how low they hit the ball, things like that. Um, I def, I definitely remember how to access that stat again. I could definitely go into that. That's a good idea. I appreciate that. I knew I could count on you to help kind of lift my spirits. I was wondering though if. You know, Bryson DeChambeau also won this week. He's basically on a he's on a major heater. You know, he's on a bigger heater than you are. And yeah, I'm I'm wondering if maybe I'm not calculating air density the way that I should, like you know, like he did on the final hole in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a thing? Uh, yeah, I think it's a thing if you want to continue your uh, losing streak. Um, oh. Yikes, okay. So you might not want to pay attention. I might just get that out of your head. By okay. the way, how do you calculate air density on a golf course without any sort of tool whatsoever? Let me just tell you, I I cannot believe that kid. <laughs> but he's he's doing some amazing stuff. Cause he I mean, really is. You've he, got to give he's him playing, He's playing lights out, but I don't even understand. And his caddy has to be... It, without a doubt, and now we've got some friends who are caddies. No offense, I'm sure none of them are listening, but we've got some friends who are caddies. But there's no doubt, you, if you're Bryson DeChambeau's caddy, you have to be the smartest caddy in the caddy house, without a doubt. You're the smartest guy with a bib on, for sure. Yeah. What a pressure-packed job. 
I mean, and what does the interview process look like when Bryson's got to switch caddies? Like, he's checking. He's pulling. He's pulling your high school SAT records. Yeah, he's pulling. He's pulling SATs. He's doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, he's making. Uh, you... Were you were you in gifted classes, sir? No. Okay. Next. You know what I mean? <laughs> did you did you actually get AP credit in high school in your AP classes? No. no? All right, you're out. Sorry. See ya. Yeah. No way. Uh, were you valedictorian? No. Salutatorian? No. Out. Next. I mean, like, I don't even understand how you could caddy for that guy. And all that math, it's amazing. But Bryson is playing some really good golf right now, that's for sure. Um, in other news on the PGA Tour, if you all missed it, uh, we got to see Brooks Kepka's ass last week. And it was alongside his girlfriend Jenna Sims's ass. And um, Brooks was wearing a thong, a purple thong in the Maldives, having a good time. Um, just letting everybody see what's going on back there. And I got to be honest, my heart fluttered just for a second. And, but I, I, I brought it down a notch. I'm a little disappointed that he did that. Um, I think it's kind of a weird thing to do. But props to him. He's living his best life. And if you missed it, I don't know how you missed it, but go on any Twitter account and type in Brooks and it'll come up. Yeah. I don't, you may not want to do that, though. Well, I mean, if you crop out the, the right side of the picture and just keep the left side. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, speaking of crushing it, uh, your Fantasy Golf Sommelier article last week crushed it. Fantastic write-up. Another good one out of you. Did really well. Um, you know what really crushed it is Tour Junkies After Dark, the new show on DraftKings. Um we had a great time with that last week. We talked about it last week. We're recording it every week after we record the podcast. And last week we got it off to a glorious start. We had many outtakes, or not outtakes, but many funny moments in the in the show. Um, the show went a little long. It, it's it's probably went about 30, 33 minutes, a little too long, 35 minutes, which is a little too long. We're going to try to keep it to like 20. So... If you watched it last week and you thought it was too long, no worries. We're going to cut it down, but it was really fun, and we had a great time. It's unscripted, unfiltered, tour junkies, late at night on Monday, and we basically are, as we're, we're, we're attacking each other's picks that we just made on the podcast, it is fantastic content, and it's all for free. You can watch it on DraftKings.com under their playbook and their watch um, website, or you can watch it on their YouTube page, but it's very, very funny, and I'm looking forward to doing tonight's show as well it's gonna be a good time that that was a lot of fun yeah it was it was fun and like you said there were some good uh there's some good good clips hopefully we'll have some more of that that we can put out as the week goes on even funny stuff that 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 is relevant after the tournament starts like you and, and oh yeah and greg harden which was just freaking <laughs> hilarious um uh, old greg old greg harden putting up triple doubles he can score man every night every night <clears throat> um Get Greg Harden in your DraftKings lineups if he's not already in there. You need to make it happen. Yeah, he'll score it's 35 a night. It's the only basketball tip I'm going to give you tonight. Just get get more Greg Harden in your like Go overweight on Greg Harden. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, the YouTube videos. We're continuing to pump those out. We pumped out a new one last week. Please subscribe to the Tour Junkies YouTube channel. Uh, let me just say this, too. Pat has started to record YouTube videos. I saw the first take of one yesterday. 
filled with outtakes and absolutely hysterical. Be on the lookout for that. We'll make sure that hits somewhere someday. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. You got to do that. You know, you should probably do like a um, – and this, this will probably consist of mostly me, but like we could have a, a, a thing on the YouTube channel where it's just all the – the runs that I put in there on that are just not going to make the the final cutting room floor. <laughs> um, yeah, but that might be kind of fun and fun to watch. Well, con- considering you're probably only going to do like three of these videos all year, I probably can cut that up pretty easily. We can no, no, that. I'm going to do. Uh, yeah, uh, well, we'll see. We'll do some more. Yeah. Okay. Well, be on the lookout. Fantasy golf sommelier article, another YouTube video. The DraftKings content's coming out. I'll probably have a first-round leader right up again this week. Um, now, now our boy Ben Little is on a cruise this week, and he normally does the chalk bomb, most of the chalk bomb, as well as the the the, the other article on One Groove Low around course uh, history, recent form, and course fit. Those may or may not get out this week without Ben being here. We're going to try to fill in on some of that stuff, but they may or may not get out, and they may, if they do get out, they may be skeletons of their normal self so fear not it'll if if it doesn't happen it'll be back next week no worries so i just i do want to say that i do want to say that um pat i'm i'm excited about this before we get to the course breakdown there are over 300 super bowl prop bets available on mybookie.ag 300 Mm. super bowl's coming up pat's in the rams most of you probably don't like either team or don't care that much, or most of you probably just hate the Patriots. You don't feel like you have a dog in the fight. Well, here's a way that you can get a dog in the fight. Listen to I wrote down a few of my favorite kind of off-the-wall prop bets on my bookie, and I want to I process them with you, Pat, okay. real quick. I haven't looked at any First of all, answer me this question. This is a yes or no prop bet. Will Andre 3000 join Big Boy on stage? Huh. <sighs> Um, well, he's from Atlanta, right? Um, okay, I was, also, I was curious to know if you know who these people are. Yeah, I know Andre 3000. I, now, the, the the group he was in escapes my memory, but I know who he is. What was he in? The group. Okay. He was in Outcast. Outcast. They were the two people yeah, who Outcast. make up Outcast. Yeah. Well, I know they're from yeah. Atlanta. Um, they are. Mm-hmm. Who's the headline singer at the uh, at the Super Bowl? Uh, Maroon Five is, and there's a ton of prop bets on that. If you're if you're interested in doing that, so what but, does that have to do with Big Boy? Well, Big Boy is also performing. Oh, okay. But 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 there there's a there's some scuttlebutt going around that maybe Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand are at odds, and that's kind of why Big Boy is doing his own thing. So there's a prop bet on will Andre Three Thousand join him on stage, and the plus money is on is on uh, is on yes. So I think I'm going to put some money on that. I, I feel would, like, yeah, I, feel like I think still, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's still boys, and Andre's going to make an appearance. I kind of like that. Okay. Um, another favorite prop bet of mine, we all saw this at the, uh, at the New England-Kansas City game. If you watch that game, Tony Romo literally predicted like seven plays before they happened. It was unreal. The whole internet was going crazy about his ability to predict what was going to happen. So they have a prop bet on which quarter Tony Romo's first play prediction will occur. And you can, you can make bets on that, which I think is really fun. Um, that could be that could be fun to watch if you're at home and you got money on the first quarter and it's the first quarter, and Tony throws out a play prediction. That could be exciting. I think that could be a good time. Um, Gene Steratore 
there's a prop bet on will he get the first replay call right. So we always see that, you know, it goes to review. As they're reviewing it, Jim Nance and Romo bring in Gene Steratore. What do you think, Gene? Whatever Gene says, will he get it right? I think that one's interesting. I like that. Uh, and, then, and then you got Romo. There's all kind of stuff with Romo and Nance. Their tie color. Will Romo be clean shaven? All kind of fun stuff. This on is why I love my bookie because they they're do, so creative. They're so creative with their <laughs> stuff, and it's it, I mean it's but it's relevant. It's interesting. It's I mean, it's stuff that everybody knows about. Like I mean, I don't know. I just think that's that's really cool because none of these other sites are doing anything like that. And, and yeah. hell, you may have a little bit of an edge if you if you watch enough CBS games. You know, it's on these like yeah, Romo bets and other stuff. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. So head over to mybookie.ag. If you've not created an account, create one for us under Tour Junkies. We would appreciate it. Mybookie.ag. Use promo code Tour Junkies, all one word. Promo code Tour Junkies. You're going to get a 50% deposit bonus on your money when you deposit $50 or more. So if you put 50 bucks in and you use Tour Junkies promo code, you're going to have 75 to play with. You can do that up to $1,000. We love the folks at MyBookie. Great customer service. Easy to put money in. Easy to take money out. Very creative. Just a good time. And we would love to see you do it. Here's the, if, you, if you create an account on MyBookie and you throw some money on one of these prop bets and you hit it Super Bowl Sunday, man, tweet that thing out. Let us know. We'll, we'd love to retweet any winning crazy prop bets from our listeners. I just think that could be a lot of fun. I, I'm definitely... You guys need to know this. If you're watching the Super Bowl on Sunday and you see Andre 3000 hop up on that stage, you need to know your boy DB just cashed some, some Quan. I just got, just got a little money added to my MyBookie account. Just yeah, know I'm that because I'm putting some money on that one right there. I think I'm, I'm believing that. that Outcast, that, that, that the, the bond is stronger than, than, than not to have Andre up there. You know, I don't know if, if they're going to do this either, but just because, like, with the waste management and how crazy it is, especially the 16th hole, uh, I wonder if they're going to have any prop bets on golf, too. We might have to push that a little bit, kind of maybe combo it with some, some football, but like a hole-in-one, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we might be able to work that out. I, I, they're pretty focused on Super Bowl right now, but, uh, yeah, we might be true. able to work yeah. that out. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff, Pat. Good stuff. Let's get to the course breakdown, the key stats, strategy, all that good stuff from our friends. The strategy, the stats, always brought to you by Fantasy National Golf Club. If you've not joined Fantasy National Golf Club, you're leaving money on the table. We see it every Sunday night. Tons of people tweeting out that they won money because they use Fantasy National Golf Club, because they use the stats, because they, they dive in, they get the data. And it's presented in a way that we have found no other website to present it. It's so easy to navigate. you got to get in on it if you're not. You can go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. Fantasynational.com slash TJ. Become a member today. It's very easy. We would recommend. You can, you can do the monthly if you want. We recommend the annual. It's the best value. It's like 200 bucks for the year. I promise you, I have proven how easy it is to lose a couple hundred bucks here in the last few weeks. But it's also, you know, you, you, there, there's worse ways to spend it, and uh, spending it on the Fantasy National membership would be a good idea. It's not flawless. It's still golf. you got to build the lineups. But they give you all the tools you need, all the stats. And all the stats and all the research that we talk about on the podcast is straight off of fantasynational.com slash TJ. Your opportunities, gain, stat, all that good stuff. 
being able to filter by how many rounds, whether it's 12, 36, 50, 100, all of them, whatever you want, you can do it on fantasynational.com slash TJ. So as we get into the course breakdown and the key stats and the strategery, just know that's where it's coming from, and you need to go get your membership. All right, Pat. And hit look, us with if the I, break. I mean, look, if I can do, I, I've become fairly proficient in this site, and it's just, it's just so easy to work. And every anybody that's listened to us long enough knows how I am with technology. Maybe that's yeah. why I'm on this little bit of a heater. I've just become more, more proficient, as I said, at, the, at this fantasy national site. But it, it's, it's a great site. So yeah. All right, you ready to get in the course here? Yeah, let's hit it. All right, so this week, the Waste Management Phoenix Open in Phoenix, Arizona. We're at the stadium course, TPC Scottsdale. This is a Tom Weisskopf redesign, or design, but also he redesigned it in 2014. So you got to remember that when you're looking at, at history. Uh, it's a par 71, playing just under 7,300 yards at 7,266 yards. we got 132 players in this field, so a little less than uh, – We've had the last few weeks. Still a full field event, though, as well, with cut and all that kind of stuff. Um, par fives here all are gettable. I mean, you've got um, number five that plays 558. 13 also plays exactly 558. And then the 15th plays at 553 yards. You also have a uh, kind of a risk-reward, number 17, after they get through the gauntlet that is 16, the, the stadium-type atmosphere. They get a little a par four that's at 332 that you can obviously hit. These guys can definitely hit at 332, but there's there's some uh, trouble around the the green, so you got to kind of look out there. As far as grass service, the greens here are Bermuda overseeded with bent, and that's tip, that's actually what we saw a few weeks ago at the uh, Desert Classic. So they should be running, I think, pretty quick. Probably running around 12 to 13 on the stint meter. Um, I think one thing to note on this course also is that it is about a little over a thousand feet above sea level, so the ball is going to travel a little bit further than they they're used to lately with the uh, the courses they've been playing in California and Hawaii. Uh, so that's something to look at. Uh, as far as how difficult the course plays, it's usually uh, right there. You look at the last two years; it's been 32nd and 33rd as far as uh, toughest courses. So there there'll be some scoring here, but it, I don't think we'll see it like last week, even though I think last week was actually a tougher course. But, um, again, there, there will be some scoring, obviously. And bombers are going to be the ones that are going to do most of the scoring. That's what you typically see farewell here. The rough is not that high, uh, so these guys can just go bombs away with it. Um, you do want to look at the ball strikers, though. I think it's important. Uh, you got to hit these greens. you got to hit them in the right spots. Um, I am going to look at a little bit of proximity. It's not going to be a major stat of mine. I think more so it'll be strokes gained approach and, and strokes gained off the tee. But I, I do think this, these are the type greens where you've, you've got to hit them in the right spots in order to make birdies. If you're in the wrong uh, side of the hole, you, you've got less of a chance. Uh, so, um, But you, you have guys like Bubba, who's, who's obviously fared well here in the past, uh, he said that, you know, it because the rough isn't too high, there's not a whole lot of trouble off the tee. There's not a whole lot of water out there that they can get up. I mean, these guys are just going to go at it at this course. They're going to be aggressive. They've got to be out here in order to, to win this tournament. Um, also, I'm looking at, uh, as always, course history uh, in recent form. Past champs here. 
You had Gary Woodland, the guy's on a heater this year, and he won this tournament last year in, in 2018. You had Hideki win it two years in a row in 17 and 16. You had David's boy Kepka in 2015. By the way, Hideki and Bubba were second. Also, 2014, weird one here, Kevin Stadler. No idea where he is or what he's doing right now, but he won in 2014. Bubba, by the way, was second. And then you had Phil Mickelson in 2013. So there you go. That's a quick rundown on the Phoenix Open, the stadium course, TPC Scottsdale. Very nice, Pat. Very nicely done. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd add much. Um, yeah, I think you. Uh, I think you pretty much covered it. Obviously, 16 is a good time. It's a fun tournament to watch. The field. It seems like every year it gets a little a little better and better. It's it's becoming uh, one of the premier events on the PGA Tour, and I love it just because it's something new, it's something fresh that we don't see a lot in golf, and I think hats off to, to Waste Management for allowing that to happen and putting that on and facilitating that. I got a chance to see this golf course for the first time last year. If you all remember, I, I made a little one-day, two-day trip to, to Arizona to do something with 18 birdies, and I was able to walk the whole – I walked the whole golf course on Sunday. And aside from 16, there's really not much going on. Um, it, it's it's definitely a desert-style course, um, but 16 is where the, all the party's at for sure. Uh, otherwise, it's like a normal tour event. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a really sweet place. I'd love to play there one day. Uh, my key stats are strokes gained off the tee, and I don't think that's just bombers. I think you can uh, – you know, as Pat mentioned, it's not super long. You're at a little bit of elevation. We've seen guys like Webb Simpson win here and play well or play well here. So I mean, it can it can happen. Uh, just guys who are going to gain strokes off the tee, opportunities gained as always. DraftKings scoring, because I do see the winning score here being somewhere around 16 to 18 under. Uh, you're going to have to make birdies here for sure. Uh, and obviously, ownership, course history, and recent form. So there we go. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Ready to get into this? Yeah, let's go. All right, three picks, three GPP plays, your favorite GPP plays above $9,000. Pat, why don't you start? All right, well, I'm going to start at, uh, let's see. You know what? I'm not going to start at, at, at the higher price guy. I'm going to go a little bit lower, and I'm going to start with a guy who I was on last week. Didn't really come through mm -hmm. for me. He did make the cut after four tries. Um but that's Ricky Fowler. I like mm. him at 9400 uh, I think that's a good price for him. He's got pretty good course history. Checks the box off the tee. Opportunities gained. He checks the box there. I think he's probably going to have a little bit owner, you know, lower ownership as far as – now, I know he's a popular guy. People always love to play him. Um, but, you know, you look at last week and how he played, you know, I just think who knows? Out, out of a lot of these top guys, I think he could be a, a, a lower-owned guy. And then he's, you know, just like I said, the form. I mean, he was T11 here last year, T4 in 2017, second in 2016. Uh, has gained 33 strokes on the field over the last five events here. So I like some Ricky at 9,400. Next guy right above him, Tony Finau. Now, here, this is like the exact same thing we saw with Ricky Fowler at the Farmers. Tony has missed three straight cuts here. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Everybody knows I'm a big course history guy and all that, but I just believe in some Tony. 
I feel like this is a course that he should play well, just like I thought with Ricky Fowler last week, and it did it man, it didn't really work out. But again, I think that uh, I think Tony's a good play on this course. Who knows what's been going on the last few times that he's played it? But you look at the stats. I mean, off the tee, he's always great. Opportunities gained. He's number one in the field when you're looking at over the last 50 rounds. Par five scoring checks the box there. Ball striking is is checking the box there. So, I mean, for me, Tony's just. I mean, he's he's everything's there to perform well on this course, other than the fact that he just doesn't have the the history. And maybe we'll get a little bit of an you know because he's always high owned, especially at that price. So I'm hoping that maybe some people will be off of him. Um, because of that course history, we'll have to see. We'll have to check fan share um, when we get to, to Wednesday to see where that ownership is. But, but I do like Tony Finau in GPPs. Last guy is the more expensive guy, the second highest priced guy, Justin Thomas at 11000 Absolutely love him this week. He is, uh, you know, he's got sort of mixed course history as well. He's got two 17th place finishes with a two miscut sandwiched in between and that's ever since the redesign by the way in 2014 so um so mixed results for a guy that's priced that high but another guy that should play well here um i don't think the atmosphere on the 16th or whatever else is going to affect a guy like him he's number one in the field in strokes gained approach top 10 in opportunities gained also Again, top five and par five scoring, checks the box in that proximity stat I, I mentioned, and then also ball striking as well. So JT, Finau, and Fowler are going to be my three favorite GPP plays this week. Hmm, okay. <clears throat> well, I'll do what you did. I'll, I'll go to my lowest guy in the 9K range and above. Um, and I'm going to go with Matt Kuchar. $9,200. I'm going with a little cooch. He's, uh, he's checking the box in strokes gained off the tee the last 12 rounds. He's checking the box in opportunities gained the last 12 and the last 50 rounds. And he checks the box in DraftKings points scoring. Um, cooch, last two tries here, fifth and ninth. Um, and obviously, the last time we saw him, he was winning the Sony. So, and I, and I think that being three weeks ago, and around guys like Phil and Fowler and Finau, I think Cooch could go a little, a little, little under the radar, a little bit under the radar. And and I do like I do like the long hitters, but I like Cooch in this scenario. Uh, a guy like him is going to eat up an atmosphere like this. I'm sure he loves playing golf uh, at the Waste Management. So I'm going to go with a little Cooch. And then uh, the next play may be a little chalky, but I, I like it. Phil at 9,300. I'm going to go with Phil. I, I, I hate that I had none of him at the Desert Classic when he about lost his mind and shot a 59 nearly uh, on day one. Well, we saw him finish second at the Desert Classic. Of course, Phil absolutely loves the Phoenix Open. He eats it up. Fifth place last year, 16th year before that, 11th before the year that. The guy's long-term record here is outstanding. Uh, you know, Arizona, Arizona, ASU ties with, his, with Tim being a former coach there. I'm, he, I know he's got a house in Scottsdale. I mean, he loves this place. Obviously, checks the box and strokes gain off the tee and DraftKings scoring. And if you look over the last 50 rounds in the long term, checks the box and opportunities gained as well. So I think Phil's a good move. Um, and then lastly, I'm actually going to go to the top. I'm going John Rahm. I think that 
I think a lot of people – I was a little shocked at the ownership on John Rahm last week. John Rahm was like, on average, like 9.7% owned on DraftKings contest last week, which I think is absurd. And, and I think it was because similar to last week, he was up here super high and expensive, and people had Justin Rose right below him, and so they jumped on it, which, you know, not a bad idea when it came down to it. But I just think this, this course being such a home field event for him and a place where, despite the home field event, he's proven to do very, very well. Um, 11th place last year, 16th the year before that, 5th in 2015 as an amateur before it even turned pro, almost won the thing. Um, and then his recent form has just been outstanding. Uh, won the Hero, 8th at the Tournament of Champions, 6th at the Desert Classic, and 5th at the Farmers just this past week. Obviously, he checks all the boxes you need to you need to check. So, And, and I just think he's going to – there's another chance that he's overlooked. I think a lot of people are going to go to Hideki uh, because of the history here. They, they saw some form last week at the Farmers. A lot of – at least a lot of um, – if you're in a high-volume GPP with thousands of entries, I think a lot of entries are going to start at Hideki. And so I think for that reason, Rom's going to be overlooked. Um, and I think a lot of the balance lineup approach is going, to, is going to happen with some of these 9K guys. And I think for that reason, we see John Rom again, maybe less than 12, 12 10% owned. If that, if that happens, I mean, obviously fan share is where we got to go to check that out. But if that happens, I, I love some John Rom here. Um, now, in terms of – I want to give you my cash play. Hideki you, is my cash play. Before you do that, okay. you mentioned this being a home field event or a home event for John Rom. Before we get a bunch of people at us about the fact that he didn't grow up in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> no, he did not. Let me just go ahead and get that out of the way. Yes, we know that, but he went to college yeah. here. So he played golf is, at Arizona State. That is why you are saying home field Sorry. Event. Sorry, yeah. Because we, yeah, we'll get sorry. somebody who's going to add us on Twitter. Yeah, sorry. Um, my, my cash play is Hideki. And, yeah, I just I, – I do think Hideki's going to play really well here. Um, but I, even though I have to spend up $800 more, I think I'd rather have a 12% John Rahm than a 26%, 30% Hideki. And I think that's what we're going to get in GBPs. But in cash – uh, I definitely think he's worth paying up for in cash, whereas normally I would w- I would want to start a cash lineup somewhere in the 9K. So that's my cash play. Who's your cash play? Hideki. Okay. I mean, I just think now, he's such a solid cash play, looking at the price, all that kind of stuff. I mean, for all the reasons you say, I just feel like he's, he's a good cash play. What's up, Golf Addicts? Speaking of Hideki, we need to be aware of FanshareSports.com every single week when we're making our lineup selections. you got to know who's going to be high-owned, who's going to be low-owned, where can you get the ownership leverage. And our friends at FanshareSports.com are where we go to do that, where we've always gone to do that, really, since they started. And you can go to FanshareSports.com right now, get a pro membership. You can pay weekly for like 10 bucks a week. You can pay monthly if you want like 25 bucks a week, but the annual membership is really where it's at. You get the best value there. It's only $199 for the entire year. By the way, they also do football, so if you're big into NFL, GPPs and ownership and all that kind of stuff, they've got that as well. They've got their own lineup generator. They tell you all the information that you need to know to understand who's going to be chalk and who is not. So go to fanshare.sports.com right now, and don't forget to use promo code TOURJUNKIES when you sign up 
you get 20% off the membership. That's what they're doing for all of our listeners. 20% off your membership. It's that easy. Head over there to FanshareSports.com. Let's get back to it. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer you again on your on on my fade, and that is Ricky Fowler. Mm. For the second week in a row, I am disagreeing with your want to play Ricky Fowler. He finished 66 at the Farmers last week. It was also his first event with a new golf ball. We've talked about this on the show. We've had other pros talk about it. The golf ball is the most important piece of equipment, Patrick, and he sucked with his golf ball last last week. He lost five strokes on approach with that new TP5X. It's a great golf ball. And I know he's tested it. I know it's not the first time he's played around with it. But in tournament conditions, you got to know what that golf ball is going to do. And to me, for him to lose five strokes means he doesn't know what the golf ball is going to do. He also lost two and a half putting, which is unlike Ricky Fowler. I know that could come back. But I I think I'm going to wait and see on Ricky. I I do think the ownership jumps up a little bit. just with the history at uh, – I mean, the history was terrible at the Farmers. He was still 16% owned. I mean, you got great history here at the Waste Management. I think it. I think that, that percentage stays the same or goes up. So I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The ball is obviously something, and then it may even be even a little bit different here when you're looking at the elevation that we talked about. But I just – this is obviously a course he's played well on. Um, I, I'm not. I don't know how much you can put into last week because he actually improved over the the way he played that course the last four years because he made the cut. So yeah, from a DraftKings and fantasy scoring standpoint, it wasn't that great, but he did actually do better than he has been doing there. So I don't know if you know how you could. Again, I don't see how last week could be any indicator as to what we're going to see this week from him. Um, if anything, it could be better. It'd be better than the T eleventh he did last last year here because he did better than the farmers if that's how you want to put it. Okay. Right? Anyway, who's your fade? I had I wrestled between two guys here. Um, really thought about fading Cam Smith, who I liked last week, and I kind of came on to him later in the week. But I ended up going with Xander Schauffele at 10-1. And here's the thing. I know every, there's hmm. just a huge love affair with Xander. I feel like Xander's your, like, second I, in line to Brooks I Kepka. do love Xander. Yeah, he's, I like, second to, is, you know, to Brooks for you. But I just yeah. don't feel like he's, he's a guy that he's not quite to the level where I think he, he's one of these guys that needs to be over 10K every single week in the field. So I, I'm not I'm not buying him this week, especially at that at that ten one price range. Um, you know, he finished T seventeen in his first time here last year. That's pretty good. I don't know what he was priced last year, but I bet it wasn't ten one. And that's not what you want out of a guy that's priced over ten K. Um, you know, and then when you're really looking at the stats for him, I mean he's sixty first in the field off the tee, seventy second in opportunities gained. He's you know, 54th in ball striking. I'm looking at last 50 rounds, so if you do want to, you know, rein that in to, to, you know, 36 or whatever, I, I can see that. But still, taking a broad look at his stats, I just don't see it for this week. So Xander, I think, is going to be – he is uh, he's going to be my fate of the week here in this over 9K range. Okay. All right, let's, let's hit the AK. I'm going to give you my two GPP plays and my cash lock. The first GPP play for me is going to be at 8,800, Billy Ho. 
I like what I'm seeing out of Billy Ho. Looks like the game's coming around. If you look in the last 50 rounds, checks the box and strokes gain off the tee and DraftKings points scored and opportunities gained. Not a terrible course history here. Not anything that really just screams amazing either. But, I mean, in five in his last five years, he's played here all five times. He's gained 12 strokes um, with two top 25s. And, you know, we saw a T8 at the Farmers last week. And a T, you know, I mean, it, it's he's he's coming around. I think he's going to stay kind of low-owned under the radar. Uh, so I like him at 8,800. And then I'm going to go to the very bottom. And I'm going to play a little Luke List. First time this year I've gotten on the Luke List train. He just he just checks the box in the stats. I mean, he, his, his history here is not great. He's played here three times. He's only made one cut. That was last year with a T26. I feel like he's just a much better player. He was a much better player last year, uh, you know, markedly better than he was in 2016 and 2017 when he missed the cut. Um, recent results, not great either. His first start of the year, you know, Desert Classic missed the cut, finished T40 at the Farmers, but I see him trending, shook the rust off. Uh, but he just, you know, he crushes it off the tee, gains a ton of strokes off the tee, um, checks the box and opportunities gained and off the tee as well. So, I'm going to go with a little Luke List. Those are my, my two GPP plays. And actually, I feel so good about Luke List. I'm going to play him in cash, which oh, I don't know that gross. I've ever I don't know that I've ever done. But I do feel I do feel that good about it. I, I just think I just think this is a good week for him in cash. I, I just think it's a good week. I, I think I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a top 10 out of Luke List this week. That's what I'm going to say. Man, I just I can't I cannot get behind lists. Now, I have a little recency bias with him, playing a, a decent amount of him at the Desert Classic and him failing me. But I just – I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he's just getting way too much talk this year. I, I see what he – why you would think he should play well. But I just don't – I just don't think he is. Um, well, I mean, like, as popular as he usually is, especially last year, he was – 13, it was 14% owned on average at the Desert Classic. He missed the cut. Dro that dropped him to 11% last week at the Farmers. So he's not super chalky Luke List like we saw all year last year. But then if you look at the Farmers, he gained three and a half strokes off the tee, a full stroke in approach, a full stroke around the green. He lost three and a half strokes putting. The putter was ice cold. And in the three events prior to that, his putter was great. I, I just, I I'm hoping that the putter kind of flips uh, and it and just regulates a little bit, and I think he could really pop here. I think he's got good upside, and you're not playing him like you were last year at, you know, 18% Luke List ownership. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I get it. I'm just not not a fan. Um, I am a fan of Billy Horschel, though. I like it. I like to play there. He is my cash play. I like. I think it's all for the same reason okay. you said. I think at 8800 is a good price for him. Obviously playing really well lately. So I do like some horse in cash. I can see playing them in GPPs as well, but I got two guys that I like. One of them, a guy I mentioned in the course breakdown a good amount, is Bubba at 8,900. Yep, I'm going to go on the Bubba train this <laughs> week. Um, obviously, he has fantastic course history here. He's going to be able to, to own these par fives. He's obviously he's always good off the tee. Uh, it'll come down to his putting also his approach game, but I, I do like some Bubba and GPPs. I think he'll be lower owned. Um, now, who knows with me and my ownership predictions, but um, I, 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 do, I think he's a, a really good play at 8,900. So I will play some Bubba. Also, I like some Ben On at 8,600. 
Uh, a guy we have not seen all year. I feel like that's just something I'm just not even going to look at. We, we've talked about that some. Well, he's the, been playing on the European tour. Well, yeah, but I mean, again, what I mean by that, again, we again, haven't seen him on the PGA Tour. played European tour events. Yeah, but what I mean by that is we haven't seen him on the PGA Tour yet this year. And the guy's, a, you know, he has great course history here. He is checking all the boxes for me when you're looking at the stat categories. Um, you look at strokes gained approach, opportunities gained, uh, par five scoring, proximity and ball striking, all of those he checks the box. I like some Ben on as, as a good GPB. Shut up. I'm sorry, what? You okay? <laughs> Aneurysm? Uh, can't freaking mini, talk. Mini stroke? Um, anyway. Course history, he was T23 last year and then six the year before, so I like some Ben on. Um, and he, by the way, was – I also have another guy that I wanted to say I'd like coming off a bad week where he screwed me in some lineups. But Daniel Berger, down there at the bottom at 8,200, I like him I like him also. I think he's he's kind of my bonus. gut. He's my gut call for the week, a little Berger, who does Ooh. have great course history here. Hasn't finished. He's got out of That's his last four events. He's finished in the top fifteen three times, so I think he could be a sneaky good play. Hmm. All right. Who's your fade? I'm going back to the well with Andrew Putnam. Just don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of his. You know, and he's at 8,500. Um, I just think he's a he's an easy fade. He's never played here. Oh, um, so you're going the easy fade route, huh? Well, yeah. Hmm. I mean, as far as I don't know, I think in this, I think he's one of the easier ones to fade. Hmm. You know, he's 113th okay. off the tee. 90 there you are, always looking for the easy way out, Pat. No, Just you always don't looking copy for the easy me. way out. That uh-huh. the easy fade okay. would be like if you'd gone in here and used a guy like Bubba, which is probably what you're gonna do. That's the easy fade. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me the easy fade is the guy who has two runner-up finishes in the last five years uh, versus the guy who's never played here before? No, because Bubba's like the guy that everybody's going to be talking about. So if you fade him, what I mean by easy is if he doesn't perform, you can just act like, oh, I'm so great because I, yeah, I chose Bubba, but and everybody was well, talking about Well, and if Andrew Putnam him. doesn't perform, you, nobody's like shocked because it's Andrew Putnam. You're picking a cop-out fade. That's what I'm saying. And, yes, my fade is Bubba Watson. That's who I had See? written down here. See? I predicted the, it. The, the Bubba is broken, buddy. The Bubba is broken right now. Homeboy ain't gaining strokes off the tee. He ain't gaining strokes in approach. He ain't scrambling. He ain't putting. He ain't doing jack. He's He is sucking right now. Sucking hind teat. I, I, am, I am not on Bubba whatsoever. I mean, it's it's – yeah, it's terrible. It, very easy fade. Very easy fade. That's an easy fade. Actually, it's not an easy. It's not that easy of a fade, but it's it's harder than Andrew Putnam. All right, um, <clears throat> some disagreement here on the pod tonight. Seven K range was tough. There, obviously, it's tough every week. There's a lot of names, but for me to really narrow it down, it was so freaking hard. I am going to go – I'm going to start off with Zach Johnson at $7,800. Listen, and I 
I know I talk about Zach Johnson a lot. Here's the deal. If Zach Johnson is under 8,000, I don't really care where you are. I feel like you play Zach Johnson. Like, he's such a bulldog. He, I don't think the guy ever tees it up when he's not trying to win. He's a proven winner on the PGA Tour. He can win on easy courses. He can win on brutal courses, long courses, short courses. Zach Johnson is just a, a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame talent. He's still got it. I just I feel like under 8K for a guy who, you know, at that price, you know, you obviously you need to make the cut, but like the up the, the potential of a top 25 is so much higher than anybody else in here at any given moment, regardless of his form. Uh, I just think he's that good of a player. So I love some Zach Johnson here, and, and not to mention the fact that he's played really well here. I mean, he's gained 20 strokes in the last four years at this golf course. He clearly – uh, enjoys playing here. We saw him miss the cut at the Sony, but it ca- came back with a T28 at the Desert Classic. Um, took a week off, and here he is. So I, I, I like Zach Johnson here this week. After Zach, I'm going to dip down. I'm going to go in the lower 7K range and jump on a boy that that, uh, that Pat talked up, and he got right last week, and that's Jason Kokrak. I don't. I like a little Kokrak. He's feeling himself right now. I think he, I think Kokrak wins the award for feeling himself this week. I mean, mm. he's all over himself. He. He ranks super high in, in this model that I've got spit out. He checks the box in all categories, off the tee, opportunities gained, DraftKings points scored. Um, it, you know, we saw him. Uh, uh, we saw him finish 20th at the Farmers, 18th at the Desert Classic. So he's he's just he's popping right now. You're spitting um, out models now. <laughs> what are you well, just... I mean, mo- I'm saying like models in terms of like if you if you add up all the stats that I've got pulled up on Fantasy National, like you, that. I don't usually refer to it, but I do the same thing every week. Shut okay. the, shut the. Up. We're talking about Jason Kokrak. I mean, I like um, Kokrak. I'm, I'm... History here is a little spotty, but again, 7,300, a guy in that good a form that checks the boxes in the right categories, I think you go with it. So I like I like Kokrak. The next guy, my final guy, my final GPP play is a guy that missed the cut last week that Pat was on, Harold Varner the third at 7,200. I like a bounce back week here for HV3. We saw him uh, 18th at the Desert Classic. Uh, like I said, missed a cut at the Farmers, but I think he only missed it by a stroke or two at the most. Um, not a great history here, but progressively better. First attempt, missed the cut. Second attempt, T68. Third attempt, T38. Just last year, and he checks all the boxes. Like Kokrak, strokes gained off the tee, opportunities gained, and DraftKings points scored. Varner is the man at 7,200. And, you know, with my uh, my interest in playing some John Rahm this week, you need guys in this lower 7K range. So I thought I'd give you a little Zach Johnson at the top and then skip all the way down to uh, to those two guys to add a little value. And, and for my cash play, it is Zach Johnson. I, I, just, I just don't know how you uh, – the likelihood of him making a cut is too strong, and the likelihood of him – Top 25 and is better than anybody in the 7K range. I don't care what you say. So, Zach Johnson is the play. Wow. Yeah. Off Zach Johnson this week. As a matter of fact, he is my fade this week in that range. And so, that means he's definitely not going to be my cash play. I just – I don't see it. I mean, yeah, I get the what do you What do you need to see? I need to see something. <laughs> he's that, got like, history. You love history. The history I, I know, but he's, he's not checked. I mean, off the tee, no good. He's like 100th in the field. You know, I mean, no, none. I mean, approach, nothing there. Par five scoring, nothing there. He's okay. Proximity does maybe check the box there. I don't know. I'm just not a big. I just think that Zach is off, and I don't. I don't like him. I don't like him this week. I. I, I feel like he's probably going to also have people are going to see Zach at 79 or 7800, 
and want to play him. I think the ownership's going to be too high. So I'm going to be off. I'm not playing Zach this week. But I do like the guy just above him who nobody's going to probably look at, and that's Austin Cook at 7,900. I think, you know, you look at strokes gained approach, checks the box there, opportunities gained. The guy can score, uh, par five scoring. Uh, he's a ball striker. He, you know, it's, it's a guy – I mean, I think that he's really like the perfect GPP play this week. Now, he's another person we haven't seen a whole lot of. The last time we've seen him on the PGA Tour was a T11 at the RSM Classic, but a good finish there. Um, you know, as far as this tournament's concerned, he's played here once with the T31. I'm okay with that for a guy in the 7K range. A little bit of history. So, I like Austin Cook, as a, and I think he'll certainly be low-owned when you got guys like Zach Johnson right there um, underneath him. And then Luke List, your guy at 8,000 above him, I think he's going to go kind of underlooked this week. So, is that a word? Underlooked? Underlooked? I don't know if that's a word. Um... Also, a guy I think you can play in cash and GPPs is Brendan Steele, who burned you last Ooh. week. You hated him last week. You loved him cash? last week. But I'm going to go with some Brendan Steele. Look, man. Ooh. Now, we go back to the course history. He has gained 40 strokes on the field over the last five years here. He's got a T6 in 2014. He hadn't finished worse than 26 here in five years with a third-place finish last year. So that, you're willing to overlook the you're willing to overlook the course history on Zach Johnson, but you want to use it to your advantage on horribly out of form, worse than 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 Zach Johnson form. Brendan Steele. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I like. I just think <laughs> Brendan Steele makes more sense here than Zach Johnson does. Mm. So um, okay, so I think he's a good play, and I I think also I'm with you on HV three. Um, I, I think I was probably. If I would have looked, one of the stats I looked at more closely at the end of last week before I set my lineups was a little bit more driving accuracy because of the way the rough was. Um, I might have come off Harold Varner um, more so in that case. But here, he can bomb it away. doesn't have to worry about hitting it in the rough and everything out there, and he can be erratic. That's okay. So I think HV3 does make sense um, for all the reasons you said as well. Also, another fade for me is Kiz. He's never performed. Wait a minute! Well. Why are you giving all these bonus picks? Why, why are you giving all these bonus picks? Well, I mean, you said yeah, we, we, we do this. We do this in a format for a reason, for multiple reasons. You You're said two. Fa- you said two fades in the seven K range. I've got it. I'm looking at it right now. My I thought two, that was your third fade. No, I thought my, I faded. You aren't paying attention. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. Who else? I thought you had three fades. Zach Johnson okay, was my first fade. Kiz is my second fade. Now I may be going all over the place, and that's why that's you why you are jumping all over the place. You can't keep up. Keep up with me, then. Damn it. God. Um, okay. Okay. Re- can you recap your your three GPPs, your cash, and your two fades? All right. Three GPPs are Cook, Steel, and HV3, with Steel being also a cash play. I like that, 7,400 too. If you want to fit your guy Rom in or JT, Good love Lord. that. Uh-huh. And then okay. fades are Kiz and Zach Johnson, two guys that uh, we were just we were with back in the fall. Um, Kiz just never plays well here. I don't think this is a, is a great course for him. He hasn't been in good form either. Um, you know, he's made the cut the last few weeks, but, you know, barely and, and just hasn't really done all that well. Um and he's not really checking any boxes either. So, 
I don't really see him being a, a great play. I just, I just don't think this is type course that he's going to do well and, and, and win on. Now, I do think the crowd and everything, like on 16 and the atmosphere, is Kiz's type yeah. of atmosphere. That's the kind of stuff that he thrives on. But he just, yeah. I, I just don't, I don't see him, you know, contending at all much and, you know, really doing anything. But. All right, well, I didn't give my two fades, but my, my first fade is Terrell Hatton. I think it's an easy fade, but I feel like the people need to know because he's $7,900. Yeah. Like, don't spend $7,900 on Terrell Hatton. And the, the biggest, there are two big reasons for the fade. Number one is he's never played here before. He's making the trip over. And, and I think the reason he's making the trip over is because he's a freaking – he's a nut. Like, this is a dangerous place for Terrell Hatton. It would be like Eddie Pepperell coming here. Eddie Pepperell, you do not need to play if he ever comes to the Waste Management. He's only coming to party and and fornicate with the, the, the co-eds of ASU. And I feel like Terrell Hatton is, the, is here to do the same thing. So I think you might be I, right there. That That's why he's showing up. Avoid Terrell Hatton at all costs. He, he's liable to withdraw with, a, with some – undisclosed injury aka hangover at any moment so that's why Terrell Hatton does not need to be in your lineups and actually I had Kisner as my second fade I'm with you for all the reasons you said not in great form doesn't play here very well we need to see something more out of our boy Kiz um he's got he's got he's got to turn it around I, I want to see him turn it around I'd love to be wrong here but I just don't I'm not a fan so with you there um 6k range looking for at least just two GPP plays. You know, if you if you were paying attention last week, only one person, only one person did what I said to do. Of the thousands of listeners, one person DM'd us last week and said, Hey, DB, who are the who are the, the, the guys that you've narrowed down in the six K range? Because if you remember I named like seven guys and I was having a really hard time figuring it out. But by Thursday morning, before they teed off, a listener DM'd us and said, Who do you like? And I had narrowed it down. And I narrowed it down to two guys. And the two guys that I narrowed it down to are also the two guys I've narrowed it down to already this week. And I'm very excited about it. The first one is Trey Mullinax at $6,700. I love some Trey Mullinax here. Um, he's a bomber. He's never played here before, um, but I'm, I'm not worried about that. He hits the ball a long way, but he got him a T25 finish last week at the Farmers. He's going to be low owned. I mean, he's probably going to be 5 6% owned, whatever. Um, and the second guy that I named was uh, was our boy Sam Ryder. Big big Sam Ryder fan. I, I, I like a little Sam Ryder. So Sam Ryder had a decent week. Not, it wasn't great, but it was it was decent last week. I think he finished like 40th or something. Where is he? I can't find him. Um, but those are the two guys I named, and the listener who remembered to ask, you know, he got, he got some good picks. I guess that just means, like, nobody actually really cares about, about my picks. Um, he finished 43rd last week, 43rd. Also never played here before, but checks a lot of boxes. Uh, if you look at strokes gained off the tee, opportunities gained, DraftKings points, um, really checking boxes. The last play I'll say is, is Joel Damon. He's a bonus pick for me. I mean, Joel's in just such great form right now. I think you ride the hot form with Damon, but I think he'll be a popular play in the 6K range. I don't know how high owned he'll be just because everything will be so spread out down here, but – those three are my favorites, Mullinax and Ryder, and then uh, Damon is a little bonus play. Well, I, th I was hoping I was going to get through with, with at least one of the guys you not mentioning so that I could talk about them, but uh, Trey Mullinax was my guy, uh, or one of them. Uh, I like him for all the reasons you said. Uh, you know, that, you got that T25 last week with three straight cuts. 
checking boxes. Joel Damon was the other one at 6,800. I mean, when is this guy going to get some credit for the way he's playing? <clears throat> yeah. um, I don't think, you know, people understand that he, he may, he's not like, you know, this short knocker or whatever. I don't know what kind of stigma people have about him, but, I mean, he's 12th in the, in, in, off the tee, 7th in approach, 18th in opportunities gained, so he's scoring. Um, you know, scoring on par fives. He's a ball striker. I mean, the guy, and he's not getting any movement in price at all. So, I just think you got to ride it, like you said. While while he's still cheap and, you know, he's playing well, I, it's just, to me, that's just a, another great play, another great week for him. So, there you go. I'm, I'm with you. Mullinax and, and Damon were my two guys. Love it. All right. Something that we have forgotten to do. The last two weeks, the one and done. My goodness, we suck mm. at remembering one and done. Now, that being said, our one and done picks haven't been terrible. We've posted them on Twitter. We haven't had any, like, really big finishes, but we actually both went with Gary Woodland last week uh, before the chalk bomb came out, when, and which is which ended up working out for our one and done selection as he finished ninth. But uh, we, we both liked a little Gary Woodland last week. We got one and done this week. I am going to go ahead and use a stud. I don't feel like I've used one yet um, as I've gone Kazire, Shezrevi, and Woodland the last three weeks. But I'm going to go ahead and go with John Rahm. I'm going to use up John Rahm. I love the form right now. Love the confidence that he's playing with. Love that he's going to, uh, to TPC Scottsdale. I feel good about it. I'm going to go ahead and burn John Rahm and believe for the, the victory. That's, that's my guy. Okay. Oh, man. All right, so this is – this is kind of tough for me because I, I don't know. I'm not really uh, – I'm not confident on a one-and-done for – I haven't I haven't been too cheap with my guys. I've been kind of going, you know, all in. But I think I am going to go with – hmm. So you didn't have this figured out ahead of time? No, I was, having, I was thinking I was going to just come up with it hmm. in the middle of – the whole thing but i just i didn't really uh great plan great plan didn't really didn't really plan on it. and you know what it never really came to me it just didn't really come you to didn't me. plan on it it's yeah okay so um i'll tell you Unless what i looked at the rundown i'll tell you what i'm gonna do no i looked at the rundown i just i just wasn't quite sure on my who who hmm. my guy was gonna be i'm gonna go with billy confidence i'm gonna go with billy horse okay all right it's not a bad play he'll be he'll be he'll be picked very little oh, i don't mind it you go. Write it down. All right. Billy Ho. Time for my favorite segment of the podcast, the Chunk and Run. we got a good one tonight, Pat. we got a good one tonight mm-hmm. from a guest. Our first portion, uh, the Chunk portion, is from a, a listener, Paul Strother. 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 I think it's Strother. Paul emailed this in a while back. Thanks, Paul. See? You probably, probably quit listening by now. He did it so long ago. Um but thanks for emailing this in, Paul. We appreciate it. <clears throat> he said, pick your foursome, which is a common question, but he mixed it up a little bit. Your first player has to be a former U.S. president. Your second player has to be a current uh, PGA player. And your third player must be a cartoon character. So uh, U.S. president, PGA player, and cartoon character. Pat, I would love to hear who your three players are. Wow, Okay. First off, I need clarification. Former U.S. president, can they be? Does it matter if they're dead or alive? No, no, yeah, any, any, any former U.S. president. Mm. 
right, so I was I was kind of torn a little bit between an alive guy and a dead guy. Okay. Uh, and the alive guy was Obama. Because I just think he kind of uh, okay. might be kind of fun to play with. He's, you know, just sort of a down-to-earth-seam type person. But I'm going to go with JFK. I think that JFK playing golf, now we know he played golf, for one. But I just think it would be awesome. And you never know who would show up. Maybe Marilyn Monroe shows up doing dances for you or something. I, I don't know. Just people, oh, wow. like, could be chicks everywhere. What I mean, oh. I don't know. I just think JFK would be fun to play with. And you know what? I don't know. So that would be that would be the uh, that'd be the president. Clearly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the current PGA player would not be Kiz. Actually, you probably thought thought I was going to say Kiz. No, yeah, My, mine's not him either. But uh, by the way, I've already played with Kiz, so you know. Ooh. Just dropping that. Just dropping that. Um. Who is fun, by the way, to play with. Um, it'd be Phil, for sure. I just think Phil would be a blast to play with. I think that, you know, he, he'd be able to talk other things other than just golf. I mean, he, he loves sports in general. He loves football. You know, I feel like I could talk Georgia football. You probably know half of, as much, you know, just a ton about the team. And I just I just think that he would be a whole lot of fun to play with. So I, I, Mickelson would be that guy. And then the cartoon character... To me, one of the most underrated guys who's just a great buddy to Fred Flintstone, and that'd be Barney Rubble. He would be the cartoon <laughs> character. <laughs> That's the worst cartoon character. No, he's not. He's, so un- he's chill. He's cool. I mean, what's wrong with Barney Rubble? That is the dumbest cartoon character I, I would have ever thought. That was the last cartoon character I would have thought you'd ever pick. I think he'd actually play golf, and he'd probably be the kind of guy that would, you know, be unassuming but beat your ass out on the golf course. <laughs> Barney Rubble would show up there with his, his you know, <coughs> crazy clothes and whatever they uh, wear in that in the Stone Age. Okay. All right. That was, that was funny. Did they play um, golf? In, didn't they play golf in, in the Flintstones? I, feel I like, think they did. I feel yeah, like sure, they did play sure some did. golf. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Um, right, you go with yours since you're a freaking, you know, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go reverse here on you. I'm gonna for cartoon character. It was a it was a tough one between. I mean, I feel like I feel like Bart Simpson is very up my alley. Like, let's listen to music, drink some beers, cause some trouble on Augusta Country Club grounds, kind of guy. But I also went a little outside of the box with this one and thought about the genie from the original Disney's Aladdin movie, which was Robin Williams. And just, you'd, you'd have the genie with the voice of Robin Williams and the humor, and I loved Robin Williams, R.I.P. He was so funny, and that character was just funny. And he could just make you laugh the whole time. And if you, you, know, if you needed a break in, during the game, he could just genie your golf ball to where you needed to go, and you get a, you know, like you kind of get a break. So... I thought he could come in handy as well. So I think if I had to pick, I'd go Robin Williams Genie. I thought that was a, I thought that was a good one. Um, I was also torn on the on the PGA player. I, I do think Phil would be a good one. I am torn between Charles Howell III, who I know we've had some great conversations with Charles Howell, but I just feel like if if I could get him on the golf course for four hours without a mic and just get unfiltered Charles Howell and stories 
I think he's so full of them, and he would gladly cough them up. And he just seems like the most honest, down-to-earth guy on tour. I think I could really enjoy that. However, I also thought just pure fun and like enjoyment and laughter on the golf course. And I thought about European tour player Eddie Pepperell, who is just he was a on my heater list. of a he was on the short list. of a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he would just be a good time. I feel like. I feel like he would make fun of me a lot, and it would be really funny and entertaining. You'd pick up a lot of new one-liners to take back to your boys when you play with them. It'd just be a good time. If you're not following Eddie Pepperell on Twitter, you've got to do that. You've got to go find Eddie Pepperell on Twitter. He's so funny. And he'll talk about anything unfiltered, uncut. And, in fact, um, for my presidential player, I feel like if Eddie knew anything about the former U.S. presidents, and he, and he learned what I learned today about one of our former commanders-in-chief, he would also choose to play with this president. Um, this president is Lyndon B. Johnson. Oh, my okay? gosh. And the reason why, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, let me just say, I have a, a strong sense that Lyndon B. Johnson was a heck of a, of a man's man. Um, probably enjoyed the sauce, probably enjoyed some locker room discussion. Uh, you know, a lot of people give Trump a bad rap for a few things he said. Well, let me just tell you that if you do a little bit of research into Lyndon B. Johnson, you will find that Lyndon B. Johnson apparently was quite obsessed with his own cock. Um, he talked about it frequently, referenced it frequently from the office to constituents, to staff members, uh, even found a YouTube video phone recording of him talking to his tailor, requesting for a few extra inches between his balls that sag and his bunghole, which was quite hilarious to listen to. Wow. Um, You went way deep into the research on who you you were going to choose for your presidential candidate. Let, let me just tell you that that you don't have to search far. If you search Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, you'll find you'll find this. One of my favorite things about Mr. Johnson is he was so obsessed with his own hog that he 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 was fighting with White House staff to allegedly to have a a a, a separate nozzle installed in his shower. That was dick height. That would that would that would spray his his dick constantly in the shower, and after after many requests and, and no follow through, he famously said, um, "So I can move ten thousand troops overnight, but I can't get a nozzle to clean my own dick in the shower." I I just feel like Lyndon B. Johnson would be a hell of a guy in a foursome, <laughs> if you ask me. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can you imagine him and Eddie Pepperell in a foursome? Oh my lord! Yeah, that would be. Mm. <sighs> anyway, newfound respect for old LBJ. Guy really likes his Johnson. Um, thank you for that question, Paul. Next, this is a very unusual question. We we and we actually asked this question to Joey Garber in our Joey Garber interview, PJ Tour Pro Joey Garber. We asked this question to, uh, and, it, and, and we will probably continue to ask this question to other tour pros in the native area, just so that they, just so we can hear them over the phone kind of think, what, what the hell am I doing with my career on this, on this podcast? <laughs> uh, and the question is, uh, okay, your belly button 
can dispense anything you want for the rest of your life with just a little press, just a little press of the belly button. Besides money, what would you have it spit out, Pat? What would you have it spit out for the rest of your life? If you or anyone else pressed your belly button, what would you have it spit out? Uh, okay, so why do I go first in all of these? But, I mean, I will. Um, well, just for tonight, I, I go first a lot, too. So... Okay, so I think the obvious answer that people might think I might say would be Tito's or Rosé yeah, or yeah. something like that, but I'm, I'm not going that right. route. And you know what? I don't think that's what I would get it to dispense anyway because, I don't know, if I could have it any time I wanted during the day or whatever else, I, don't, I wouldn't be very functional. So I'm not, I'm not going to like No, I'm you not, would not. I'm not going to do that. You know what it would be for me? Tic Tacs. Shut up. I would You're have such it, an old man. I would have Tic-tacs. it dispense Tic Tacs. Let me just tell you, Tic Tacs are a staple in my life. They are in my truck at all times. And you know what? I hate buying Tic Tacs. I don't know why. I hate them. But, I mean, I, I hate buying them. I don't hate them. I love some Tic Tacs. And it would be kind of an assortment. It would be the orange, the wintergreen, and the peppermint, the white ones. Now, screw the power mint or whatever, the, those bluish ones. Those are awful or any of the gum that they've come out with, no, it would not be any of that. But I, I, I could be okay with a variation of the Tic Tac. Also, I feel like logistic-wise, it's small. It's kind of belly button size. So, like, it wouldn't hurt maybe if it was coming out because you didn't mention whether or not it would be painful if it was coming out of your belly button. So I think Tic Tacs, you know, it's a perfect little size. It's only one calorie per Tic Tac. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of calories involved there as well. And I could just, it, you know, and you never know when you're going to need a Tic Tac. Like if I'm going to a meeting, you know, and I need I need to freshen up my breath real quick, boom, press my belly button, got a Tic Tac right there. I mean, it doesn't make it doesn't make that sound that the Tic Tac, you know, you, that that plastic container it's in has that that rattling sound if it's in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. That could be a little bit annoying as well. But if it's just popping out of your belly button, I feel like that'd be good. So, so many things I feel like. Having Tic Tacs coming out of my belly button would be would be good for. So that's what it would be, Tic Tacs. I mean, first of all, I'm really excited that you thought through that you thought through it enough to know, you know what, I don't need alcohol dispensed freely from my body at any point because yeah. I would not I would not be a good human. I'm glad you thought through that. I thought that, I thought through that as well. I thought, you know, t- I will say Tito's crossed my mind. Um and I was like, yeah, immediately no. And then Skittles crossed my mind because I love Skittles. But then, again, I was like, well, then I'd just be fat and I'd have cavities. Too much sugar, yeah. All my fr- That's what I'm talking about. My friends would have Tic-tac, cavities. Low in calories. Yeah. Um, but but also, you are you are 100 years old because I, that is the last thing I want to buy in line at the grocery store is Tic Tacs. Now, I will say the only ones I like are the white ones. I love the white ones. But you are 100 years old for picking that. Um I, I'm going to go what I think is even more practical. I, I went very practical here, and I went with something that is always annoying when you don't have it, and other people are annoyed when they don't have it, so I can also help my fellow man. Um, and and I'm, I pictured, you know, tour junkies being this massive, massive endeavor where we're traveling to all these tour events. And as you know, when we're at tour events, what's one of the biggest problems, Pat, when you're at a tour event, with a ton of people, what's one of the worst things to have to manage throughout the day? Well, for me, it's like having to get a beer. But No, just... what else? What's like an annoying thing that we've had to manage at big tour events? Come on. Hmm. Validate me here. 
don't know. Ah, oh, it's your cell phone signal. So for me, oh you press, yeah, but you can't bring you your cell phone out to button, the master, so that doesn't matter. If you press my belly button, you could get a universal charger for any device. Phone, <laughs> laptop, whatever it is, you just press the button and out comes a universal charging device. For me, maybe it's my friend who's like, oh, dude, I'm about to die. I'm on 3%. I'd be like, no problem, dude. Press right here in my belly button. And then they'd get their universal charger, and we'd be all good. I'd never have to worry about carrying a charger around. You'd be yeah. out on the, on the grounds of the tour. You'd always have some juice. Those you know charging I mean? stations are annoying. Out when we've been at the Ryder Cup and PJ Championship and any of those other events, you're right. There you go. You don't have to mess with it at the Masters, but you're talk about making fast friends. Be a walking belly button charging station at a tour event. You, you would make a lot of fast friends. You would. Yeah. Probably not with Tic Tacs. I mean, you know, Tic Tac. I, mean, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'd be like, "Hey, you want a Tic Tac? Here it is, yeah. belly button." But then who wants to eat a Tic Tac out of your belly button? I mean, I don't. We didn't even talk about that. I mean, I didn't. That's, I mean, in my opinion, this was for are they, me. Are they, are, they individually, are they individually wrapped Tic Tacs? No, no. That, I mean, in my opinion, this was for me, not for anyone else. If well, you see, want, if you want one of my belly not, button Tic Tacs, you can have one. I mean, if, if you feel see, like See, I'm not. I, I'm not as selfish as you are, though. Yeah, That's I was being selfish world. about this. this you, is the, yeah, yeah. you just think about yourself and your own belly button Tic Tacs. Okay, I hear you. Well, then you can't use my belly button phone charger. How about that? That's fine. Screw your charger. Punk ass. Hey, all right, that was a good time. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for writing that in. We appreciate it, guys. May your screens be green for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We'll be back next week. I think next week's a Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's going to be a good time. Don't forget to hit up mybookie.ag. Get in on those prop bets. Send us some tweets. Let us know if you hit on that. And, uh, you know, just know that when Andre 3000 shows up, your boy's happy. All right, may your screens be green. See ya!